It's a new week, and here on The Inner Life, that means it's time for another Monday Punday. Since we're talking about healing on the show today, I thought I'd share this one. So COVID, RSV, and influenza walk into a bar, and the bartender says, What is this, some kind of sick joke? Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Well, welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley, and do you need a little encouragement to live out your faith today? Well, every day we offer you some top-notch spiritual direction, and every week one bad pun, or occasionally two. And hey, speaking of illnesses, I do have a really good joke about the common cold, but I hope you don't get it. Ooh. (laughs) Never ends. Uh, it never ends. Nick, good to be speaking with you. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, just a little levity as we kick off the, kick off the week. That's fine. But I'm glad you jumped in, Nick, because I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. I'm just um, wondering. Uh, so this was my experience growing up as a kid, and I'm wondering if you had a similar one. So, you know, I'm outside, and I'm, I'm a little boy at this point. I'm, I'm playing outside somewhere. And, of course, you know, as little boys and girls do, fall down, and I scrape my knee or, you know, bruise up my elbow or something and I come usually crying I'll admit in and my mom is there and she'll like she took me to the bathroom she you know uh, washed the wound off carefully and uh, dabbed on some antibiotic ointment and put a band-aid on it and consoled me all the while you know you have any kind of an experience like that when you were a kid I definitely remember one time falling off. I don't know if I was riding my cousin's bike, but I think it was my cousin's bike. Went over a bump, fell off the bike, and had a big gash on my knee. And I remember and my mom always had Neosporin. And, yep. and especially when you have kids, like we always had like the big square bandages to go on uh-huh. your knee for those like exact, exact cuts. Yeah, I think moms and dads have to be you know, well supplied with all kinds of shapes and sizes of, of band-aids or bandages for for the many ways in which we uh, we skin ourselves up as kids. That's right. You have to almost have like a Walgreens in your, in your yeah. closet <laughs> That's at right. home. That's right. And it is. It's kind of one of those things. It just kind of shows that, yep, when springtime rolls around, well, here come the here come the skin, knees and elbows and maybe, a, you know, a, small gash in the forehead or something like that as kids start working around outside. Anyway, um, I think many of us have probably had that experience with kid. You know, we get lightly injured and mom or dad or a loved one is taking care of us. But as we grow, I think we start to learn that there are some hurts that are harder for our loved ones to attend to. As a boy, too, I broke my collarbone, and that was a new, different level of pain. As a teenager, when I first had my heart broken, My parents tried to offer me words of consolation, but it still stung for a good long time. And as a younger man, I faced repeated attacks caused by gallstones. Bandages and antibiotic ointment weren't going to do it this time. I ended up having to have my gallbladder out. Now, I know many of you have seen even the very young face of very, very serious injuries and diseases. Um, So serious injuries and, and diseases on the young, but... The very reason that they're so tragic is that we all anticipate that really physical, emotional, mental, and even spiritual injuries and sicknesses, they tend to increase in severity and gravity as we age. I mean, the the little kids aren't supposed to face this type of thing. But regardless as to when pain emerges or what form it takes, physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual, 
Our Heavenly Father ultimately desires healing and wholeness for his beloved children. So today on the program, we are talking about healing, how God still offers it, how you receive it, and what to do when it doesn't seem to come. Well, let's say hello to our spiritual director for today. It's Father John Eckert. Father Eckert is a pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. Welcome back to the show, Father. Good to be speaking with you. Patrick, it's always good to be with you. And as always, I have no idea what you're going to be saying in the beginning, and I did not expect the sick joke. So that was uh, that was that was pretty amazing. I, I had welcome. not heard that one, and I uh, it was it was great. It's a it's a great way to get off the ground here. This is fantastic. Yeah, well, uh, you can tune in every Monday for for some groaner. Yeah, that's kind of what we tend to offer here. Well, um, Father, we want to talk about healing, of course, and I thought especially, you know, just going into the light mood because a lot of us face some very serious pain. And I want to cover as many different types of pain as we can in the hour today, but let's start off just prompted by today's gospel reading, which is, um, if people haven't read through it yet or haven't been to Mass, it is the story from Mark chapter 5 of when Jesus encounters this legion of unclean spirits in a man and uh, subjects them to the to the swine, to the pigs, and they run down the hill and are drowned, and then the, the man is found, you know, in his right mind. Let's talk a little bit about what is, you know, what what prompts our need for spiritual healing, Father? I mean, what, what is it that, in terms of spiritual pain? Well, you know, the fact of the matter is, it's like G.K. Chesterton put it, um, the one thing, like theological principle, we don't need proven to us is the fall. I mean, just look out your window, um, heck, look into yourself, and you know that things are not the way that they should be, um, that we live in a fallen world, and there's a lot of brokenness and hurt and difficulties and just all of this stuff that's, you know, hard to deal with. And, I mean, even just the, uh, you know, the passage of time. It's like we, we know that old phrase, all good things must come to an end. Um, you know, here we are just over a month away from Christmas at this point. It's it's crazy how fast the Christmas season comes and goes. Yeah. So it's, you know, we we live in, you know, just, just the very passage of time. You know, it's like we're kind of set up for disappointments, for hardships and all of this. However, you know, not to, I'm glad you started with the lightheartedness. It's like, wow, thanks, Debbie Downer, Father, you know, but <laughs> the, the, the good news for us, though, and literally the good news, the gospel, is that Jesus Christ has entered into all of this with us, that now we know that that saying, all good things must come to an end, is not actually true. You know, that our Lord has suffered for us, died for us, has risen from the dead. So the resurrection is the reality. And the beautiful thing, though, is that he's not repulsed by our pain, not driven away by our fallenness, by the fact that we need him. He enters into that with us. And so you reference the gospel for today, which is uh, the beginning of the fifth chapter of the gospel of Mark. And, you know, for those of you who go to daily mass, like if you're there on Saturday morning, you heard the end of the fourth chapter, and that's when Jesus got into the boat with all the disciples. He's asleep on a cushion at the front of the boat, you know, and the storms come and they think they're going to sink. And, you know, Master, don't you care we're sinking? He wakes up, rebukes the storm. The storm calms down. He says, oh, you have little faith. Um, You know, and then they're just amazed at his power. But that was setting up. He's going across the Sea of Galilee to the region of the Gerasenes where he goes and exercises this Gerasene demoniac who's possessed by legion. We are many, right? 
And, I mean, Mark paints a very dark scene. The guy is amongst the tombs, so he's living amongst the dead. Uh, nobody can restrain him with chains and shackles. He keeps pulling them apart. He's beating himself up with stones and cutting himself and, like, yelling out all the time. I mean, it's like it's a hellish scene. And Jesus has just crossed the Sea of Galilee to enter into this dark area to go and exercise this man, to help him to be healed, to be cured. And it's not like the guy was praying for Christ to come. It's not like the Gerasenes were asking for him to come. In fact, once the man is cured, sitting there dressed and in his right mind, they actually beg Jesus to leave because seeing that he's come in, I mean, there's a big difference here. But our Lord has been attracted to his fallenness to come and set this man free. And now he's free. And at the end of this gospel, you know, he wants to go back with Jesus and Jesus says no. And he sends him to the Decapolis, like to his own region to basically tell what's happened to him. And it's an interesting sort of turn in the gospel of Mark because up until now, you know, when Jesus has been curing people, he tells them to be quiet. They still publicize it. But now it's like he's, this man has been cured and then he tells him go, go start, you know, spreading the news. And then Jesus goes back across the Sea of Galilee, like back to his own region. And there's more healings. We'll talk about those in a minute. But I just find it fascinating that, you know, sometimes we think that before we can approach our Lord, we have to have everything in order. I need to be healed. I need to be in good shape. Like I can't have, you know, just to use an analogy, I can't have the Lord over to my house. I mean, my house is a mess. I got to clean things up and all this. No, he's attracted to us in our fallenness. Like he wants to come and set us free from what has gone wrong. You know, another analogy, I've got many nieces and nephews who I love dearly. And it's always painful for me when I've got to leave them. They live in the Midwest. I live in North Carolina. Um, And it's interesting. Like if I'm in the airport and I hear a little kid laughing, I think it's great. It's wonderful. But if I hear a little kid crying, like fell, scraped his knee, it's like I miss my nieces and nephews. Like I want to just go and hug them and take care of them. And in the same way, it's like our Lord wants to come into those places that aren't healed, wants to be there in our pain and wants to save us from this fallen state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's a it's an excellent way to kick off the conversation. Talking about healing today with our spiritual director, Father John Eckert. And when if you're a if you've been subjected to physical, emotional, mental, spiritual pain, and are searching for the Lord's healing, perhaps you have questions about um, yeah, how does the Lord provide healing? Where is He present in this? Or maybe you've maybe you've actually have a story of healing. The Lord has given you some great healing in one of those areas, and you'd like to share that with us. Let's open up the phone lines. Our toll free studio line is triple eight nine one four nine one four nine, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, that number is eight eight eight. Nine one four nine one four nine. If you prefer, you can send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Father, just sticking on the spiritual healing for a second, and I, I really appreciate that you started out the conversation um, by talking about the brokenness of the world in which we live because of sin. And um, that I guess I wanted to underscore that, well, I mean, of course, the Church acknowledges that there are uh, evil spirits, unclean spirits still at work in the world today, and people can be subjected to those that the Really, the the chief place, would you say, that we all need that type of spiritual healing is when we're confronted by sin, be it our sin, our own actual sin, or uh, somebody else's sin that is having an effect on us. Absolutely. 
I mean, you know, we live in a perpetual state of spiritual warfare. I mean, the devil does not want us, you know, to be glorifying God with all of our hearts, to be in communion with one another. I mean, he, you know, is all about disunity, you know, and trying to pull us apart. I mean, even, you know, back to the example of the gospel today, the guy is possessed by legion. There are many, they're pulling him apart. Whereas like our Lord wants us to be unified in communion and peace. You know, we pray in every mass, you know, after the, our father, you know, for peace and unity, according to your will, O Lord. Um, you know, the, the devil doesn't want that. I mean, even the name diabolical, you know, we, we hear about ballistics and things being blown up. I mean, that's what, that's what the devil's trying to do. Our Lord does not want that for, for us. And ultimately, I mean, the, the biggest thing we need to be afraid of is sin, right? Like our Lord has won the war. Like, I mean, ultimately we know how it's all going to end. The question for us is like, okay, do I want to be completely with our Lord, like with him forever? Or, you know, am I still kind of courting sin in my life, you know, and what am I still attached to? In what way am I still kind of, for lack of a better phrase, playing for the devil's team, you know? Um, I remember one time I had a gentleman waiting for me after mass uh, because he'd had some like weird possession type things going on, right? Like weird stuff happened at his house and all this and really needed to talk to me. So, you know, I finished saying goodbye to people after mass. We go off to a side room to meet. He's like, you know, father, you know, I need you to need you to give me an exorcism. I need to come to my house, bless my house. I'm like, okay, well, let's start with a couple questions. Like, how are you living? He's like, what? I said, well, you know, like, are you, are you living a good life? He's like, well, what do you mean? Like, well, you know, I mean, are you, are you married? No, I'm not married. I'm like, you being a good guy? Or are you doing things with women you shouldn't be doing? He's like, well, father, I'm a man. I'm like, here's the thing, buddy. I said, you know, this isn't a magic trick. Like, I, I, I can't, like, drive the devil away, and then you just go back to play for his team anyway. It's like, this is about union with Christ, you know, and, and him wanting us to be you know, not just physically healthy. I mean, physical health is great, you know. I mean, it, it's wonderful when you're feeling good. But that's not everything. I mean, how many of us feel physically healthy but don't do anything good with our physical health, you know, and just blow it on selfishness, you know? It's just like we, we have gifts that God has given us, but ultimately they're there so that we can glorify God and grow in charity and love the people in our lives. And the trouble is it's like sin pulls that apart robs us of our peace, um, leads us into, you know, the devil's prison, so to speak, you know, and we just don't want to be in that. And our Lord wants us to be free of, of the devil's tricks and lies. And, and let's be honest, like the devil's a very good advertiser, but he doesn't deliver on what he advertises. You know, it's like when we give into things, I mean, sin is its own reward and it, and it does not make us happy. I think we're we're all familiar with this, but it probably is right to point it out anyway, too, that just like you were saying, Father, that we do, we can uh, open ourselves up to that. It's like placing ourselves, well, in the physical realm, it'd be like placing ourselves in the midst of a, uh, you know, disease-ridden, whatever it might be, a hospital ward or school or something like that, and, and expecting that, oh, yeah, you know, we'll be, we'll be fine. I mean, I'm thinking here even of... Uh, St. Damien of Molokai, you know, he goes to minister amongst the uh, those who afflicted with leprosy and on the island of Molokai, and he ends up getting the disease. Even though the Lord protected him for a good amount of time, I mean, there's still, um, that's, that was part of his consignment. But at the same time, when it comes to sin, like you were just saying about this man you were telling us about, that we open ourselves, we can open ourselves up to it in very unnecessary ways, yeah? 
Exactly. And that's why, you know, at the end of confession, the end of the act of contrition, we promise to avoid the near occasion of sin. You know, right. like we can, we can set ourselves up for success. Now, there's always going to be temptation. I mean, it's, it's going to pop up on us. It's there. But, you know, we can do things to help ourselves stay close to Christ. You know, I, I, I say, you know, there's that old saying, you know, you are what you eat. Um, I like to point out, it's like, I feel like it's more like you are what you consume. Because the media that you put into your mind, you know, what you're watching, what you're listening to, that stays with you a lot longer than what you put in your stomach. You know, I mean, the stomach, as our Lord says, you know, passes through the stomach and out into the latrine. I mean, it's gone pretty fast. And yeah, there may be some lingering effects, but it doesn't stay with us long. Whereas, you know, you watch something you really shouldn't be watching, um, that can be with you for a very long time. And so we need to be careful about you know, uh, the things that we are in control of, you know, as far as what we're consuming media wise, uh, that we're careful, uh, with what we are putting in our minds and our hearts, cause it does have a profound effect on us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, taking in good, valuable things. And I'm not saying, you know, that you can only read, you know, like spiritual classics and you can only watch EWTN. It's like, no, no, no. Like as long as things ultimately, you know, depict, you know, truth, goodness, beauty. You know, I, I think about something like, I don't know, Graham Greene's book, uh, uh, The Power and the Glory. You know, I mean, it's it's not a squeaky clean novel. I mean, the whiskey priest, the, the main character, he's yeah. a flawed figure. It's difficult. However, that book exposes some incredible truths, you know? And so, like, when we take things in, it's like, okay, to what end? Like, is this going to help me to love our Lord more, to live my vocation better, to, to keep moving in the right direction, as opposed to, you know, garbage on TV or online. Excellent point, Father. Let's take a phone call before we take our first break here. John is calling in from Oceanside, California. Good morning, John. Thanks for calling the show. Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I hope my comments are related to what you're talking about. When the, when the show first started, I thought they would be. Um, in my own life, um, and all of us, you know, go through various things that happen in our lives. And I think the point of my comment is, um, you know, it's how you respond. Um, I tend to live by the 1090 rule. Life is 10% what happens and 90% what you do about it. And in the 90% part, it's do you choose to continue your faith and know that God is with you in all things, and he allows some things to happen because maybe there are some lessons you need to learn. Or you just turn away from him and say, well, if you were really God, then you would take care of this, you know. Um, and I think too many people turn away from God thinking that he's the miracle worker and that he can, you know, he's a magic or something. And he can just fix that problem with your loved one or that disease that you have or whatever it is. And of course he can. But chooses not to because maybe there's transformation he has in mind for you and you won't get it any other way. And in my own particular case, that's my story. Um, And so uh, I just wanted to run that by both of you and and see what you thought. Oh yeah, John, I completely agree with you. Um, And you know, it's interesting. We talk about healing. Uh, It is so foundational in so many ways. And that's why we kind of went right into talking about sin. Um, and I just say as a priest, you know, that's kind of what I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm 
focusing on dealing with more and more all the time. And you're absolutely right. It's like our Lord is not just, he's not interested in just doing magic tricks, right? It's like even when he cures the paralytic that's lowered through the roof by his four friends, you know, um, our Lord sees their faith and says to him, your sins are forgiven. I mean, he starts with the sin. And then after that, when, you know, the folks watching question in their hearts, then he says, you know, you can see the, the power of God, you know, rise, take up your mat and go home. And he does. And it's just that, you know, we have this longing in our hearts to find the peace of Christ, to love him. Obviously, we are body, soul, unity. Our physical healing, it has it has an effect on us in a big way. And obviously, like, you know, if I have some ailment going on, some difficulty, some disease, I want that to be cured. But that's not the foundational element of what we've been created to be. We weren't just made to be like stunning physical specimens, you know. We were made to be forever in communion with the Holy Trinity, you know, mm-hmm. and and you're right, John, to point out you have an option, you know, in the midst when the cross comes, what do you say? You know, Lord, help me to bear this cross and to grow closer to you, you know, because the uh, Charles de Foucault saying the more we embrace the cross, the more we become one with Jesus, or we can turn away from him and become bitter. But the the former embracing the cross that leads to deep healing that leads to further communion that leads to growth and and glory the other one leads to isolation and and all sorts of problems and so yeah it's it's well put the the 1090 rule there um you know our life it's it's you know about learning how to love the way they love in heaven how do they love in heaven the way that jesus christ loves you know the one who comes to us to save us from our fallen state but as saint augustine put it you know our like god created you without you but he won't save you without you and so you have to put in you know that 90% you've got to respond to whatever may come and i've yet to meet someone who hasn't been afflicted by the cross in one way or another. You know, we all have our difficulties. We're all in this fallen world. And our Lord has come after us all and wants us to respond and wants us to love him. And the more that we do exactly what you were saying there, John, embracing our Lord, the happier, healthier, holier we are. Amen to that. John, thank you so much for the phone call. And uh, the, yeah, the 1090 rule, I'm going to be uh, ruminating on that for a while. So thank you for the call, John. I really appreciate it. We're talking about healing on the show today with our spiritual director, Father John Eckert. If you have an experience of physical, emotional, spiritual healing that you'd like to share with us, please give us a call at 888-914-9149. Or maybe you have questions about where is God in this and how can I expect God to heal this situation Give us a call again, 888-914-9149. Our email address, if you'd prefer, is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Going to head into our first break. We'll be back with more of the show right after this. Stay with us. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas.
Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley. We are talking about healing here on The Inner Life today with our spiritual director, Father John Eckert. If you have an experience of healing that you'd like to share, we'd love to hear it at 888-914-9149. If we have a question about a situation that you're currently facing and hoping for some words that will help you understand how and when God is healing in your in your situation, give us a call to 888-914-9149. Father, I wanted to um, I I want to say shift gears, but it's not really even a shift of the gears because I think a lot of times spiritual. I mean, we, as you said, we're body and soul, so um, a lot of these these pains, these sufferings that we undergo, they play into each other. But I'm thinking specifically now. We talked a little bit about spiritual healing. I'm thinking about emotional healing as well. You know that I talked about. You know, as a teenager going through my first experience of real heartbreak when my you know girlfriend and I broke up. Um, and that was that was tough, but uh, a lot of people are facing this regularly: heartbreak, um, betrayal, loss, and there's some pretty deep emotional pain that can go on there. People are in grief, and so um, maybe just a few words from you about uh, God meeting us in that as well. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I appreciate your uh, vulnerability in sharing those things because I mean, you think about it. So. But collarbone, gallstones, and heartbreak. I mean, I know which of those two I'd choose. You know, it's like I would much rather, I mean, now don't get me wrong, I'm happy. My collarbone is doing great. You know, like I, but nevertheless, I'd much rather have a collarbone break than have my heart broken. You know, it's like to, to have your heart um, hurting, it's a difficult thing. And I mean, whether you're talking to, you know, a teenager, a young person who had their heart broken by, um, you know, a breakup, um, or, you know, like we can really hurt each other bad as family members, you know, right. I mean, right. think about this, you know, like once again, I mean, to turn everything back to Jesus Christ, which is always the place to go, um, you know, thinking about like the agony in the garden and him, you know, moving on towards the trial. I mean, all these different people, Pharisees, scribes, you know, Sadducees, like they're trying to get him for three years, not successful. Who's the one who hurts him? one in like the inner circle it's judas right like we can really hurt one another and it's the people that we're closest to that you know uh, that can do the greatest damage you know and and i'll tell you after 14 years of hearing confessions i mean i think i mean people aren't really having that hard of a time not robbing banks you know it's like they're not burning down buildings like you don't hear a lot of that you know but everybody's got trouble in the family i mean all of us it's like the hardest thing to do is to be patient and loving with the people we love the most right and so we have been hurt by those we love or we have hurt others too and you know in some ways in the midst of this life i mean a lot of that is just kind of inevitable and so ultimately it's like okay those are real pains and that is a difficult thing but like anything, we have to invite our Lord into that, to take it to prayer. And I mean, and, and really, like taking time, like go to your church, be in front of the Blessed Sacrament. If you have an adoration chapel, even better. Go and be there with our Lord and talk to him. It's like, you know, in the same way, if you go to the doctor, right, and you're not just going to say to the doctor, I hurt. No, you're going to tell him where it hurts. You know, mm -hmm. my stomach hurts. It began here. It, like, this is, these are my symptoms. This is what's going on. Go to our Lord and tell him what's going on. Lord, my heart is broken. You know, my family member has really, you know, hurt me in this way. 
And to invite our Lord into that is an opportunity to have some profound healing, you know? And sometimes too, like getting the the recognition of what's going on. Sometimes someone didn't didn't mean to hurt us in this way. I mean, I think the uh the phrase you know, a lot of simple phrases bear a lot of truth in them. Hurt people hurt people, you know? And so when we're hurting, we have a tendency to lash out, to not be as attentive to the needs of others. So when we're hurt, we tend to hurt other people too. And so sometimes if you've been hurt by someone else, to be able to go to our Lord and to ask for healing yourself and then to have the insight to see, okay, this is where they're hurting. This is where there may be difficulty there. Because remember, like when our Lord was hurt, by Judas, you know, by Peter uh, denying him three times, by the soldiers, by, you know, the particular thief that was nasty on the other side of the cross. What is our Lord's response to all that? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. What's his response after the resurrection? Not, hey, apostles, where the heck were you? No, it's, you know, peace be with you. You know, whoever sins you forgive or forgiven them, whoever sins you retain or retained. Our Lord doesn't come to perpetuate the cycle of hurting one another. He comes to be in this with us, to take this pain on himself and to say, look, I've jumped in first. I've borne my cross. I've gone down to the depths of the netherworld. Don't be afraid that that stuff is going to come at you too, because guess what? I am risen from the dead. That stuff does not have the final word. So don't go join the devil's team and lash back out at people in retribution and holding grudges. Invite our Lord into it to be healed of your emotional pain. And then that that peace, that love of our Lord begins to emanate from you. You're not a hurt person hurting other people. You become a healed person who can bring the light, the love, the peace of Christ into fallen and difficult situations. Amen to that. Let's take a phone call now. Sal has been waiting patiently in Clovis, California. Sal, welcome to the program. Thank you for calling in. First thing I want to say is thank God for relevant radio. Uh, anyway, Father, uh, my wife passed away approximately going to be four years this June, and she passed away with Alzheimer's. And, of course, I I need healing not only from the grief, but for things I told her before while she was sick with the Alzheimer's, I was feeling sorry for myself and not for her. And I've been to confession more than once with this. And one of the priests told me to get over it. And uh, anyway, I just was wondering, what can I do to help me with my grief and ask for my wife's forgiveness that I didn't do everything that her and I said to each other long before that, oh, I'll never put you in a home or something like that. Well, thank God my wife only ended up in that home for one month. So I don't know. What do I do for my grief, and how do I get healed for forgiveness? Well, Sal, first of all, what what was your wife's name? Tony. Tony. Okay. We're going to pray for Tony, all right? The second thing that I would tell you is, all right, you were with her, right? I mean— so you needed some extra care. Um, Alzheimer's is a very difficult thing. Sal, you're not a perfect man. Guess what? Neither am I. I mean, none of us handles things perfectly. It sounds to me like you were faithful. You didn't run away. Um, you know, were there times when you were saying, this is hard and feeling sorry for yourself? Sure. 
and it's good that you went to confession. And I'll tell you, I think one of the greatest gifts about confession is that you have um, that objective observer, so to speak, in the priest who's able to say, Sal, your sins are forgiven. And now you got to start the difficult work of forgiving yourself, you know. And the thing to remember, you can pray for the repose of Tony's soul. You know, the, the prayers that you're praying for her now have an incredible effect, you know. It's, it's okay. And, you know, of course, there, there's still going to be some wounds, some difficulties. Keep going to our Lord. Keep asking him for help. Keep asking him to heal you. Um, pray for other guys in a similar situation, you know, um, other spouses that, um, you know, have uh, their spouse that, that's, uh, you know, going through something like dementia or Alzheimer's. That's, that's hard stuff, um, you know, for them to be able to, to persevere. Um, I mean, there, there's always, you know, our, our Lord is there to help us to heal, to keep loving and he doesn't want us to wallow in the shame of things that didn't go quite right, right? Like, that's where the confession is there. Now, um, I'm not just going to tell you, get over it. I mean, that's, that's, that's out of, of your control. But remember this. Um, you know, there's the phrase, time heals all wounds. Now, I, I don't think that's true, but it does make them more bearable. And as you continue to, you know, to live, it's been four years now, um, you know, keep taking it day by day, buddy, you know, keep, keep striving to be the good man you're called to be right now, you know, in, in the place that our Lord has put you to be able to not fall into the trap of self-pity now, but to be healed from those wounds from the past, to keep praying for, for Tony now. I mean, like I said, those prayers are efficacious and just keep taking it day by day. Sal, thank you. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for calling in and with this. Uh, I mean, obviously, yeah, you're not alone in this and uh, we will definitely be praying for Tony. I've prayed for her already as Father was was responding to your points and uh, we are grateful that you're you're listening and the Lord brings healing and, and brings healing sometimes, well, all the time on his schedule and uh, always leading us into a deeper relationship with him too. So grateful that you called in, Sal. Thanks. Let's uh, take another quick phone call again before break. Uh, Carl is calling in from Richmond, Virginia. Good afternoon, Carl. Thanks for calling in. Good afternoon. Yeah, what have you got for us, Carl? Got a question for Father? So a question I had was um, trying to to experience healing uh, with a former spouse and also with my oldest son from um, over 20, 22 years, we've, we've been a broken family and um, divorced and, and annulled from my former wife. So how, if, if I cannot uh, um, directly uh, to ask forgiveness to my former spouse uh, that I want healing, uh, can I do it in my heart alone um, if, if the situation doesn't allow me to do it in person or in writing to her? Can I still just do it in my heart, even if she's not aware that I'm doing this? Um, can I... Can I, um, I get healing that way. Absolutely, Carl. And that's where I'd say, just remember, I mean, with any of this, we're not alone. I mean, we are, we are baptized Christians. We are part of the body of Christ. Um, and that's not just like pious terminology. I mean, you're not alone. And so what I would say is, yeah, just, just pray for any past wounds, past hurts, uh, to be healed up and forgiven. And what I would say, too, is an important thing, you know, with, um, you know, your former spouse, with, uh, with your son, 
keep the door open. You never know, you know, what's going on in their lives when there may be some sort of a reconnection in some way. Um, the way that I like to put it to folks is like, just live in such a way that there's never going to be any regrets, you know, that, um, if somehow there is going to be contact at some point, fine, Lord, give me the right words at the right time. Help me not to not hold on to resentments. Um, cause remember, like you can only control you. Uh, we can't control what other people do. And that's where inviting our Lord into our own hearts, uh, inviting him into everything that's going on in our own lives is so absolutely crucial, fundamental, you know? Um, and who knows, you know, what's coming down the line as far as any kind of uh, reu reunion as far as like being in communication again, right? And just putting that in the hands of our Lord and saying, Lord, if that ever happens, like help me to say the right thing, do the right thing. And in the meantime, help me to have the healing that you want me to have. Stay close to the sacraments, you know, go to confession with frequency, receive the Eucharist as often as possible, pray that daily rosary, because in all of those things, um, our Lord, through the intercession of our Blessed Mother and our patron saints, our guardian angels, you know, is helping us to keep healing mm. as the days go by. Yeah, very good, Carl. Thank you so much for the phone call, and thank you for, I'm, I'm, appreciative of your question and that's what we're talking about today here on the program we're talking about healing physical emotional spiritual healing here on the program with our spiritual director father john Eck. that he has joined us from north carolina he is the pastor of sacred heart catholic church in salisbury north carolina if you have a question about receiving god's healing in a situation when you are that you're facing right now. Give us a call. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Or perhaps you have a story that would encourage others that God was very present to you bringing healing into your life. 888-914-9149. Or our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take our next break, but when we come back, more of the conversation with Father John Eckert on healing right after this. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engeser taking your phone calls today. You know, we're less than a month away from Lent. Hope you're getting excited about it. Make your Lenten journey with your parish this year with Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass, sponsored in part by the National Center for Pod Repeal. Free daily videos. They're just bite-sized exploration of prayers and postures that will transform your perspective on the Mass and re-energize your parish community. Pray, fast, and serve these 40 days with 40 lessons and with Father's Weekly Eucharistic Encounters as well. You can sign up for these Lenten lessons on the Mass and share with your family at RelevantRadio.com slash Lent. RelevantRadio.com slash Lent. Our spiritual director today, Father John Eckerd, we're talking about healing of in all its forms, really, physical, emotional, spiritual. And Father, we haven't really addressed physical healing yet, and um, this... 
Well, maybe. I was going to say this is sometimes the uh, the ones that we're most keenly aware of or we're, we're very uh, when we're in need of it. Um, maybe that's not entirely true. But anyway, um, do we turn to the Lord? I mean, is that something that would, the Lord, I assume, still wants us to do is turn to him with our physical pains as well? Absolutely. I mean, it, he wants us to turn to him with everything. And I'll tell you, you know, so as a parish priest, I spend a lot of time, you know, going to the hospital, going to nursing homes and giving people anointing of the sick. And it was difficult at first uh, after ordination. It's just like, man, you know, I, I go in I'm, and it's like, gosh, am I, am I helping folks? I mean, obviously it's a sacrament of the church, but the question about, you know, sometimes I do this and it's like, you know, person's not going to get better physically. I mean, what, what's going on? And Lord, you know, we're, we're asking for this, but you know, I, I didn't get healed physically in the way I expected. Um, right. And then a, pr- a priest friend of mine put it really well about anointing of the sick. He said, here's what he likes to say to people. Look, this is either going to make you better or get you ready for the best. And I love that because, you know, when you think about our lives, right, whatever our physical ailment is, like think about Jesus, you know, healing uh, blind Bartimaeus on the side of the road, right? Blind Bartimaeus, like it was an awesome thing, his faith, he can see then. But let's be honest, Bartimaeus's eyes, even though he could see after that, they're not doing any good now. I mean, like, you know, he's dead. Um, You know, now we're waiting for the, you know, for the resurrection of the body at the end of time. But his eyesight was not the the ultimate goal of this. Obviously, a sign of um, you know being uh, recreated, so to speak. And it's interesting to me too that Jesus so often is healing on the Sabbath. You know, it's like this um, culmination of creation, bringing things right, setting right what once went wrong. But physical healing, as good as it is, and as you said, we're keenly aware when we need it. Still. It is something to be better, but we're ultimately striving for the best. Being with our Lord and all the saints and angels, one another in heaven forever. Um, that's the ultimate goal. Once again, it's like, I mean, Jesus rose Jairus' daughter from the dead, um, mm-hmm. rose Lazarus from the dead. But it's like you can't travel to the Holy Land now and meet Lazarus. He did yeah. eventually yeah. die, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, it's an awesome sign of what our Lord has come to do. And we should ask him for help. And sometimes he does. I mean, there are physical healings. And you look at the, you know, the canonization process in the church, we look for medical, scientifically provable miracles, right? Um, But nevertheless, like our faith is about so much more than just feeling good physically. Not that feeling good physically is not a good thing. I mean, I appreciate the fact that right now I'm doing okay. I'm not sick, you know? Last week I had a little bit of a stomach thing, you know? And and it's hard to concentrate on other things when you're sick. Um, But I think an important thing in looking at that physical healing, it's like, Lord, what am I doing with my legs when they're working and I can actually walk? Like, am I putting that gift to your good use? Um, Because sometimes we we forget to even thank our Lord for the things that are going well. And, you know, it's like taking the talents and getting out there and using them well, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to make sure that we we sort of like put the requests for the physical healing kind of like in the right, you know, ordering of the of the priorities, because ultimately what we've already talked about, that spiritual, that emotional, quite frankly, um, 
those are even more important and more fundamental. As we said before, your collarbone, your gallstones, yeah, yeah. it stinks that you went through that, but I guarantee you'd rather have that than the heartache, you know? Mm. Um, and it's 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 kind of a, a similar thing. Our Lord does bring about physical healings and miracles. It's amazing, but there is something more fundamental. Yeah. Okay. Good okay. reminder, Father. Right. Thank you so much. Back to the phones we go. Patrick calling in from Trent, New Jersey. Good afternoon, Patrick. Thanks for calling the inner life. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to share uh, this bit with you. Um, some of the uh, most uh, healing that I felt, and I didn't even really go into there just thinking this was going to uh, you know, help heal me or anything, but just simply sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament and just giving everything and having my uh, guardian angel offering everything in front of the sacrament, I would like those off. And the Blessed Sacrament, I would doze off in the chapel, and I would come back, and, and it was like, I felt like a different person. Like, I would feel mentally, spiritually, even physically refreshed just, just sitting in there for, like, just a brief time. I, you're spot on. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, I, I have the great uh, privilege as a priest of getting to offer the Holy Sacri- the Sacrifice of the Mass every single day. I mean, I'm in prayer for multiple hours every single day. I don't know how people do it without that. Like, you know, I, I'm, t- I'm, I'm too weak to live my life without the Blessed Sacrament. I mean, and, and, it, and I agree with you completely, Patrick. It's, it's, uh, I can't give you the, the explanation of why, but I know when I go into the church and I genuflect in front of the Blessed Sacrament and I'm there for a little while and I'm just opening my heart in front of him, Things are happening. I mean, our Lord, um, he takes care of us. I like the analogy. It's like it's like going out uh, in the sunshine, right? I'm, I may not know exactly how it's happening, when it's happening, but I can get a sunburn out there. You know, it's like, it, it, but it happens just because I'm, I'm, I'm in the, the presence of the sun. Well, the true sun, the son of God, is more powerful than this S-U-N in the sky, you know? And so being there and taking that time is so important. And, you know, and the devil's going to do everything he can to try to keep us from having that happen. Like, ah, you really think anything's going to happen. You're just going to fall asleep again. It's not going to be worthwhile. Don't listen to that. It's a bunch of lies, you know, and quite frankly, lies from hell. Because he doesn't, he doesn't want us to be in communion with Christ, but Christ wants to be in communion with us to the point that he's willing to be wounded himself. I mean, remember, after the resurrection, He's got those five wounds, you know, hands, feet, and in his side. I mean, I'm here at Sacred Heart Parish, and in that Sacred Heart is the piercing, you know, of his heart because that's how much he loves us, that he's willing to be wounded too. And so just to be in his presence, I can't tell you exactly what's happening. All I can tell you is who's present, and he changes us, and it's glorious. And I just recommend get in there as much as your vocation allows. Mm-hmm. Got to say, Patrick, I, that's a great, it's a great reminder of putting ourselves in the Lord's presence, being, having him being present to us through his body. And actually the, the thing that it stirs in my mind, father is okay. So we place ourselves in the Lord's presence. They're present to us, of course, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. Um, is also present to us in his mystical body. Maybe just uh, in our last couple of minutes here before we ask for your blessing, just some, some thoughts about how Jesus works his healing through his church as well. 
He sure does. And, and I think, you know, remembering back to Genesis, you know, God says, it's not good for man to be alone. That's so absolutely true. I actually looked up the quote ahead of time today because I was hoping we were going to kind of get to this. Okay. Uh, I, lo- I love G.K. Chesterton, and one of his really great books is The Man Who Is Thursday. Pretty fascinating novel. But there's a character who is basically all by himself and thinks he's completely isolated and then finds out that he has an ally in the midst of just this crazy conspiracy difficulties going on. And he says this, it may be conceded to the mathematicians that four is twice two, but two is not twice one. Two is 2,000 times one. And what he means by that is, you know, when you're one, when you're alone, when you feel isolated, it's the worst. But suddenly, when you have someone you can share with, you know, a brother and sister, brother or sister in Christ that you can open up your heart to, all of a sudden you go from feeling isolated to the whole world being changed. I remember when I was in seminary and, you know, let's be honest, seminary, a hard thing to discern is celibacy. And, you know, just that, that, you know, you got the natural pull towards marriage and you're afraid about the loneliness and just the difficulties and discerning this. And I remember one time being particularly low and just having a hard time with this. And thanks be to God and probably prompting of my guardian angel, I went down to our pub and, you know, I'm just a little bit down and this guy, come, friend of mine comes, sits next to me. He's like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, yeah, just you know, the celibacy. It's just, it's really tough right now. He goes, yeah, me too. It's been so tough. And literally that's all it took. All of a sudden I wasn't alone in this struggle, in this pain. And it's like, oh my goodness, like there's someone else in this with me. Remember, the devil wants us to feel isolated. He wants us to think that God has come to destroy us. You know, but that is absolutely not the case. And when we share with with one another, you know, I'm not saying go out there and open your heart to every stranger that you see, but nevertheless, like to be able to have an intimate, you know, friend along the journey, a brother and sister in Christ that with you, is striving towards sanctity, towards heaven, knowing that you're not alone, that you're not some weird fanatic because you follow Jesus Christ, right? To know that they're there, I mean, the bonds that can form are incredible. And so just remember, you know, in the midst of difficulties and fallenness, sometimes it's in those hard times that we find the greatest bonds that our Lord is wanting to offer us, the greatest friendships that he has on offer. And let's be honest, some of the great, you know, one of the greatest treasures we have besides our faith is our friendships. And so, you know, don't be afraid to be vulnerable and share, you know, those difficulties of your heart with a, with a trusted friend. Amen to that. Well, our Lord is, I think we've been convinced over the course of the hour, convinced about all the ways in which we suffer, in which we have pain, uh, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, or all of the above. So we can always bring our pain to him and ask for his healing and uh, watch for how he provides. Father, great conversation. I wish we had more time, and but uh, grateful that you've spent this time with us. May we have a blessing from you before we close the show? Absolutely. Through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, may our Lord continue to draw all of us ever closer to his most sacred heart. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you know somebody in need of healing who needs to hear some of the wise words from Father, uh, well, you know where to go. RelevantRadio.com slash life. You can check out all of our past shows there and share them with friends and family members. Coming up tomorrow on the show, the Corporal Works of Mercy with our spiritual director, Father Peter Arminio. Until then, grace and peace.